guys so much. Hello and welcome to What Did You Do? I almost forgot the name of the podcast. No, I'm kidding. It has, it's, only, it's only been about, what, three days? Right? <laughs> it's only been about three weeks, four weeks, uh, almost right. a month um, that we've been gone. But you guys, it's been so long. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes life happens like that. Sometimes things right. get in the way. And yeah. Job, There's so many things that got in the you way. Were gone for mm-hmm. like three and a half weeks. You were so dramatic. Way, it was it was a week. Shout out to Lola. It was a week. It was literally a week. I'm tired of you going to every time we go to Orlando, y'all hanging out, and I'm like, it's cool. We missed you. We want you to come. Um, you know, it's funny because I wasn't invited to Orlando along with you. So it's. Cool. <laughs> You're like, we want to do that. Okay, again. but Orlando was also a gift from family. I you mean, they don't year. know. You, <laughs> I'm sure that timeshare thing has an extra bedroom. You just don't want anybody in it. Listen, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. Anyway, we are happy to be back. <laughs> I feel like. I don't know. I feel like a part of me is whole again. Right. I miss podcasts. So same. Same. Like life in reality is not fun, but talking to you guys about murder is. So, oh. you know. Well, at least this one's kind of. <laughs> this one is a mess. Not funny. <laughs> it's um, a mess. Right back to my own trash. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> like, this, this one's kind of. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was like, yeah, murder. I was like cooking but it's it's a mm-hmm. whole it's a whole mess I, yeah it is a whole mess this is not something you would see on the food channel relax no it is not um but we do have some housekeeping, housekeeping. other than the fact that we apologize for being gone so long there will yes. never be another like break like that yeah without any notice right <laughs> um, i'll let you know when i'm pregnant you guys is what I'm right essentially and just <laughs> be me on the podcast which is cool right um but <laughs> just no stay home don't even get up like it's fine your feet are swollen um, not right now. She's not pregnant. At least I don't no, think so. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm literally... She's drinking. Okay. <laughs> so What kind of mom would I be? Um, look, well, we've covered a few moms on this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not Michelle. A, a bad kind. <laughs> uh, minimum effort. So, housekeeping. We have some new patrons. And I might repeat a name, uh, because one of them is definitely a repeat uh, supporter. So, first up, uh, as of like today, like three hours ago, uh, Melissa A. Delap. Hello, Melissa. Welcome. Anna Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Thank you. Anna Nicole. Anna Nicole. Oh, Anna Nicole. Hey, Anna. Anna. You said it like really fast. Anna Nicole. Yeah, it's spelled fun too. N-I-K-H-O-L. So. I probably saw it. That's cool. Uh, Catherine Mason, who we know Catherine. Yes, we do. That's what I was saying. She must have come back. Mm -hmm. Um, Laura Delagardo. Hey, Laura. It's a very regal last name. I wish that was mine. Do you have a brother? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jessica Jimenez. Um, thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, I have a, a goal this week. What's your goal? I have a goal. Um, just some more housekeeping of getting shipping stuff. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about, I have a goal of bonus episodes, welfare checks. Oh yeah, that's right. That need to be I done by I still haven't Friday. put up my studio yet. That's what's holding so, me back. So D and I are going to record some separately, mm-hmm. but we're like, I'm, they're, I'm, I'm talking hot fire. They're coming out quick mm-hmm. because we are back <laughs> I'm not setting any goals for myself until I know well, y'all I'm just goals get it. For <laughs> um, but so know that's coming. Uh, but yeah, that's where we are, and we're so happy. And if you don't already know by the title of the episode, we are clearly, clearly going into one Miss Catherine night this episode. Yes, we are. She's her beginning was kind of wild. She's yeah. We we talk about how 
hurt people, traumatize people, no therapy, no intervention, and how that could end up. Um, not always, but sometimes. This is one of those stories, I think, that it's one of those things where somebody should have intervened and got her, like, clinical help, medical help. So let me run you through the beginnings of uh, Catherine Knight here. I think this is our first Australian story. Story case. This is wild because they have a lot of cases in Australia. Well, Australia has a lot of everything, including, yeah. including the Hemsworths. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Have you seen them? Uh, yeah, have but I mean, you know when you date certain people like Miley Cyrus, it's like, Meh. I'm not talking about Liam. I'm talking about Chris. I mean, yeah, Chris is Thor. Yeah. Not <laughs> Liam. Liam's the guy from the Hunger Games, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Take us there. <laughs> we're we going to take stop. you to us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Catherine Knight, she was born October 24th in 1955. And her upbringing, like we just said, was a hot mess. Her family environment was less than ideal. Let's start with her mom. Her mom is Barbara Rohan, Rohan, whatever. Yeah. Rohan. She was married to Jack, and they had four sons. That's her beginning. That's her mama's beginning. That was her mama's beginning. The mama's beginning. The mama's up. But yeah, mama turned up. And had an affair with Ken Knight, which was her husband's co-worker. So already we're going into mess. Like this, she's not even conceived yet. We're going into a hot she's born into mess. mess. Yes. Um, the Knight family and the Moore family, they're kind of well known. The affair caused a lot of drama. So Barbara and Ken moved out of there. They had to get out. They had to get out. Get out of that. Uh, her boys, um, the brothers, this is important, uh, stayed with the father and the aunt. They kind of split. Um, and then together, her and Ken had four children, mm-hmm. including Catherine. One of two twins. Twins. They were twins. She had a twin sister. I wonder where her twin sister is now. Um, Probably changed the name and moved on, like as many people do. Right. So when Jack, the first husband, died, passed away, mm. the two boys ended up living with Catherine. Full house. So this was six children. In the house together. Right. To the two brothers from the um, Barbara's previous, and then all three of Catherine's siblings and Catherine. Um, it was said the father was alcoholic. So yeah, Ken was so a raging He was a mess. And so this is where really things started this to is, right. really start unraveling for her as far as everything goes. So her her father was, yeah, a raging alcoholic. Raging. Um, openly very abusive. Mm-hmm. Um would and we this when we get into context of like spousal rape and things like right. that. Just because you're married to someone doesn't mean you owe them sex. You can still say no. Um and would intimidate her with violence. He'd push her, shove her. And this is when some it would this is I have this this feeling about this because I get sometimes the youth I work with will tell me like, Oh my mom, you know, tells me about their relationships or mm. your, your dad is so frustrating mm-hmm. because but her mom went beyond just saying how frustrating and ridiculous her father was to telling her what was happening. So the details. intimate details. So yeah. more than just like, this is how I, I like your dad to do things to me. He, she would go into elaborate detail of the spousal rape. Yeah. And so you blurring the boundaries between like parent and child already like you should not be there are some things your children should just not be not be involved in not be involved in or know about right and this is uh, again we talked about who was it um oh man it wasn't eileen was it eileen was it eileen who was who was like sleeping with boys in the cafeteria like yeah yeah and so because we all like to think that kids 
Like, we say that kids don't know anything about sex or attraction or orientation because they're too young. Kids, but kids aren't, kids have not, they know all these things. They know who they find attractive. They're just not sexualized yet. Right. And so when you introduce things of sexual natures to kids, that, that does it. Right. right. So now they understand like what that means, they're but they don't understand the power of to it. Right. Their sexual feelings. And, and then so that's when you see a lot of sexual things at, at young, young age. ages. Yep. So and now they have to act on these things. But what was worse for Catherine was not only that, but um I, I it gets really weird when you start talking about like children and right for me. Um but the problem was that her mom was constantly <laughs> cheating on Ken as well. Right. Right. And new men all the time all would the time. be introduced into Catherine's life. But even with that, mm-hmm. like people would be assaulting Catherine. Mm-hmm. Right. And when she would complain that these people were were either soliciting her or propositioning her, her mother would just inform her that you need to get on board with it. Because mm-hmm. that's, again, having that conversation of men being men, and they're all terrible and how much she hates them. Like, mm-hmm. she's got this idea in her head that all men now are predatory right. and abusive. So right. it, there's a lot of things that have run into Catherine Knight's So here's story. the forming of the thoughts about men coming from the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laid know, on the line. That Laid. put up and put on s- table. just deal with it when you're getting raped or abused as a child. Or I even mean, propositioned. Or intimidated, like, you should submit right away. Right. So, really, besides her, like, twin sisters, she didn't really have a lot of people who she was close to. Um, she had an c- uncle that committed suicide. So, here's more devastation in her right. life the that she was The one person that to. she was, like, connected with in the yeah. family who wasn't harming her. Because right. the other side is that other members of her family were also sexually assaulting her. Yeah, so. uh, her older brothers, which was why it, she said her older brothers, which is yeah. why, you know, it was important to know that they moved in into the family and then you know she started to get abused by them as well um so she attended this is now she's in high school muswell broke a high school she was known to be as a loner but she also was bully like a bully Mm -hmm. so she would bully smaller kids um she was in trouble one time for assaulting a boy in school with a weapon and she also injured a teacher once right um so Here's the beginning of the violence. She was, I guess she had a lower IQ than most uh, children. And children. She, <laughs> children. And she actually had a, you know, tequila lips. Tequila lips. Upon leaving. Tequila lips. Anyways, upon leaving school. This episode is sponsored by, was it beverage company? Something with a B. I don't know, but as long as they're not paying me, they're not. They're not paying me. They're not paying me. If you guys have never had something in a can, you should. You should. (laughs) Who is it? Boulevard Beverage. (laughs) (laughs) They have like mai tais and margaritas and gin and tonic things in a can. It's pretty cool. Time. Yeah, bring it to your next your barbecue in eighteen months or whatever. I can't do math. So. Being that she had difficulties in school, she definitely was getting in trouble behaviorally. She ended up leaving at fifteen. Without learning how to read and write. So she didn't uh, know how to read and write. She gained employment first at a clothing factory. And 12 months later, she left to do her dream job, which was... L- listen, is it abattoir? Abattoir? A butcher. Look, <laughs> Australians have fun names. Yeah. It's a fancy... The name. town that she was from, was they were popular for having butchers. And that was like kind of their little... I hope it's not kangaroos. What? 
It's Australia. Oh, butchering kangaroo. I don't know. They probably eat kangaroos. I don't know. I didn't Google it. Don't believe. <laughs> I'm not spreading horrible information. I'm just saying. I don't know, but I feel like they would. We eat all kinds of things over here. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there eating kangaroo. But anyways, um, so she started her dream job as a butcher. She got her own set of knives. Mm. And she hung them over her bed, so they were always handy when she needed them. This ain't foreshadowing at all. <laughs> like nobody, nobody was. Like, no one does. No one. Already, she has a history of violence. Right, and then she's like, "Ooh, I want to be a butcher for like." <laughs> no one. Nobody was like, "Hey, you ever think about going to school, be a real estate agent?" <laughs> like I, like you know, what's wild about this story that it's not so um, long ago. Yeah, so it's That's very, it's, it's only like what twenty five years ago. Yeah, and so for me, like part of this, this is the point where, and you'll and we'll talk about it later on once everything starts coming to a close. But her family corroborates the story that she was in fact sexually abused, raped, right. assaulted right. throughout her youth, and not one mention did I hear of anything I've read, anything I watched that she had any kind of therapy that was useful, right? Because everyone. Right. Once you complain about it, people are going to say, okay, let's go see somebody. And you, right. someone talks to you softly for 20 minutes once, and that's enough. It's not. Mm-hmm. So, like, softly for 20 minutes. Well, yeah, me know what I it is. And it. so yeah. I, I think that it's, um, I don't know, it's just telling that she would just go into a career where she gets to slice things up. Right. And then while she's there, she also meets a man. Yes. And his name was David Kellett. Um, she's working as a boner in a. What? As a boner? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, that's her that was her job. She took the bones out of the meat. That was her that was her job at this specific butcher shop. I just that sentence together, but anyway. it it's a real I Googled it. Look, don't Google it without context. Boner and butcher shop or butchery. But it is a um it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I watch videos of it. It's kind of interesting. So she made she met David and David had his own set of issues as well. He was known as a heavy drinker. He had some trauma from witnessing a friend pass away. So, you know, he had his own set of issues, and those two together made magic together, and they ended up getting married. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit how they met. So, yeah, so clearly this is mirroring the relationships and the things that she's had in the past, where most people uh, who have not been exposed to this would see these as red flags, right? They're... There's something I'd hope, right, that you would reasonably, you would see these things and you would run, right? But this is if this is what you know and this is what you're used to, um, then that's what you'll stay with. But also, uh, with Keller is that he was also super physical as well. Right. Constantly, he was combative, uh, confrontational, always in fistfights. But he also learned that, um, look, Catherine wasn't no softy. Like, homegirl had hands, too. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> He was like he a little wary of her, mm-hmm. but was also a little like put on by that. Like like it's like dating uh, what's her name, Layla Ali. Right. I mean, you their know? history was a little bit sordid. He also apparently dated her twin sister as well. Yeah. So David Kellett wasn't the best person on the planet. No. We can talk about that. Right. He wasn't, but you know, at her request, I guess she wanted to get married. She they ended up getting married. And he was drunk the day of their wedding. Yes, they were. Um, I believe her mom also warned Kellett about her mm. and was like, she's super dangerous. Don't cheat on her. She will kill you. This one will kill you. So her mom was aware of, 
you know, her violence, Catherine's violence. It, you know, don't stir anything up. Don't do anything. She, he warned, like, she will kill you. I mean, if we need any evidence, Catherine didn't take very long to show that she was, in fact, about... Uh, it's very Eileen Warnos, like, knuck if you buck, if you will. Like, she was very... So, their wedding night. Their wedding night, yo. You know, they did what they had to do a few times, three times. Three times, which is a good deal for me. Look. <laughs> but there's something, again, we talk about how, I don't want to call it sexual brokenness, uh, but there's sexual trauma. Because sexual right. brokenness it's, is it's very churchy. It's completely trauma. But being traumatized, and sometimes in trauma, what you do is that you either, some people will repeat behaviors. Um, in an attempt to gain control over them. So, like, if something's been done to you, you want it. Maybe you'll you'll enact it again. Um, so, for her, her sexual appetite was very high. Right. And sexualized at a very young, young age, age. And having no about. intervention, no therapy. Um, so, she was upset that after only three times, David wanted to get some sleep. He fell asleep. So, she, she decided that that meant she should strangle him. <laughs> because that would make the most sense. In a last podcast, uh, they talked about how she was upset because she believed her, well, she knew her parents had sex five times on their wedding night. So she wanted to match, which was Mm -hmm. totally strange to me. But that's the, you know, why do you know that information type Mm -hmm. situations? She wanted to match her parents and was super upset that they didn't get to the five times. The also other question is, were those five times even consensual? Because we know the kind of man that she was married to. We know what kind of man Ken Knight was. So it's like... But because you didn't match your parents' wedding night, Mm -hmm. she got violent. Right. And so you tried to kill homeboy, but... He didn't leave. No. Why not? I have no idea, but I'm guessing it's because of the the sex. The kids. <laughs> right. Well, later on, they yeah. she got pregnant um, and had a couple of children. And while she was pregnant, the violence continued. She mm-hmm. burned all his clothing um, and hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan because he arrived late from home. He was you know went out with the boys, dark competition. And she was pissed that he was late and, again, burned all his clothes, knocked him in the back of the head. He has to crawl to the neighbor's house and, you know, call for help because he had a fractured skull. So this is not, I'm hitting you cutely in the back of the head with a fireplace. This is literally, he had a fractured skull. They wanted him to press charges, but he refused. So after their child's birth, um, David ended up leaving her for another woman and moving to Queensland, Australia, um, because he couldn't cope with her abuse. Oh, I thought you were talking to me this entire time. I I was writing things down. I didn't know you were like talking to start again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I thought you were reading it off too. No, she's was fucking like, wild. This woman had a lot in this lit. David in David Kelly's <laughs> relationship. So shortly after the birth of her child, um, her Melissa Ann, uh, David left her. For another woman, he couldn't take the abuses anymore. He of course. he just so he moved to Queensland, Australia. Um, she so it was said. This is another last podcast fight uh, fact. Um, she wasn't really worried at first about David leaving because he had car trouble. Um, but I'm putting air quotes car trouble car trouble whatever it feels like very like Rocky Horror Picture Show like oh he came with a flap. How yeah, about that? <laughs> right. so she had he always had car trouble, so she wasn't worried. <laughs> so, 
So right. what? <laughs> See if you can get twenty miles down the road, like right. She wasn't worried, but apparently he found a ride. Hey. <laughs> he found a ride. He actually got his car fixed and left her, and so she ended up violently like throwing her baby side to side. She was admitted into the hospital, so she did see there was treatment in her life. Okay, she was diagnosed with postnatal depression. She re- she spent like a few weeks recovering, and then after she was released, okay, then she was since she put her child Melissa on a railroad line. It was a local guy that you know the guy that hangs out by the railroad track saved the baby. So she was arrested again and taken to the St. Elmo's Hospital again, but sent herself out the following day. <laughs> So, finally, I guess, directing her anger to where she wants it to be. The guy who fixed David's car had a wife. She kidnapped at knife point with knife the child and the wife of the guy that fixed David's car. She talked him into talked her into going for gas during the kidnapping to her service station. And while they were stopped at the service station, she ran and was able to escape. So the the wife of the mechanic that fixed David's car so David was able to leave. So like she kind of blamed the the family for that. Not David leaving. But and then she ended up in the hospital again. So she was after this she was ended up in the psychiatric hospital. She was released to David's mother. So the mother-in-law, David's mother after she did the stay in the hospital, she was released to the mom, and that's when David came back. Please to her. stop talking to your children's exes. <laughs> like it's one of those things. Like you, if y'all, if they didn't end well, like please stop talking to people. Why would you be released to your mother-in-law if he was like you strangled your your son? Like, look, it just sets you up for and, failure. And so, because I mean, I guess David was like, I'm not gonna leave my mom. With my wife, who's done these crazy things. Look, David uncaught hands too, though. So that's what. Right, true. But he he went back to her, and they ended up having another child. <sighs> Santa Maria, Jesus. So David goes back to her, and what finally ends the relationship, you guys? After all the violence, after all the things, it was her that ended up leaving David to move back in with her parents. So David never left her. She left David, and that's what ended the relationship. It really is very typical for abuse when you're dealing with that abuse. It's, 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 if you think of him as like, you know, the victim, I mean, he had his own issues, but he definitely was the victim. Um, when you're going through domestic violence, it's like hard to leave the person. It, these, I, all the men she ended up went, I believe that was the situation. And we don't ever look at it from the man's perspective. We also get it as a woman having a hard time leaving her spouse that's abusing her. But it happens to men as well. And we're going to go into the other relationships now because she ended up in another one. Yeah, she met a Mr. David Saunders. It was it 1986, if I have my date right? My The year of my birth. Oh, that should tell us something. What? <laughs> and <laughs> But only after a few months of dating, uh, he moved in with her and her daughters. But... He still maintained his own apartment. Smart man. Um, and that was something where a Kath- well, Kathleen, that's my grandmother's name, Catherine felt that he wasn't completely invested in her and her kids because right. he was trying to keep a piece of his old self behind. When all the truth is, um, 
He just had. A, he just came from a different world. Like I mm-hmm. think I would keep my own apartment too if I could yeah. afford to. You would. No, absolutely. No, you, you know. You me. absolutely. Yeah, you would. <laughs> totally, like, I'd buy a whole house and keep an apartment for myself. One foot in, one foot out. Wouldn't even tell him about it. You're right. Like, where'd you where'd you go this weekend? On vacation. I told you I was going away with my friends. Like, <laughs> you guys would break down. up. He'll think he has to support you and help you when you're moving. He's like, Nah, I'm good, fam. See you later. <laughs> I'm fully first place. It's all right. With clothes. Ain't no one. Ain't no one gonna have to support me. Right? <laughs> no, no one's gonna ever have to support me. I'll tell you that. So the problem with Catherine was that she thought he wasn't all in, and it caused her a lot of uh, of internal anguish. And so all this reached the height where she decided that she wanted to flex on him and show him that she wasn't something to be played with. She sure did. Right. And so what she did in a show of strength, um, what's the, the word, uh, lack of control, mm-hmm. or what's the word, um, <laughs> I don't there's a word for it. But I don't give a ass. Like, <laughs> she ends up slitting the throat of his two-month-old puppy in front of him. Which is trash. Like Terrible. What I don't love about... I mean, there's nothing to love about Catherine. But what I don't love is that before she gets to her intended target, she will hurt everything around the target. Right. She hurt her child with David when her anger was towards david yeah so she's she's clearly out of control always and that's the right issue right um and even though this happened there's something that one is traumatic right right to see some something murdered in front of you as a dog lover i would fight (laughs) (laughs) what you gotta do i probably would too though um but she's again she spent she had all those she has those few stints in the psychiatric hospital already Mm -hmm. and so we know that she's unwell Mm -hmm. anyone who anyone who meets Catherine has to know that something there's no there's no charisma in this and Mm -hmm. when i when you think about eileen warnos part of her quote-unquote charm was the fact that she was abrasive and like right kind of gaudy not not gaudy but like brolicky and right but Catherine, every person who met her right. <laughs> says that There's she was that something was off. She her attractive attractiveness, I think, with men was right. really purely sexually. Um, she used sex to lure each and every one of these guys. Like that is just what it is. But that's the that's the other side of the thing is that she, at a young age she learned that sex was a weapon. It was weaponized at a young age. She used it to get what she wants and to maintain what she wants and right. to maintain control. Right. And that it, it's you finish that quick. And it's <laughs> <laughs> been like twenty minutes. I'm be laughing the rest of this episode. But yeah, but that is that's the thing is that that's where she is. But even with this happening, something so traumatic. They go on and they have a kid. Yeah. June 1988, she gave birth to her third daughter. So she had two with She gives one, has one with Saunders. Her name's Sarah. And Saunders is like, okay, well, I got to take care of my family. So he put a deposit on a house and, mm-hmm. you know, they started a family. She started decorating. Until. De- do you know what she decorated this house with, though? Uh, yeah, exactly. So she had. This is her nursing period. Like her, like. You know, I have a baby, like... Yeah, so part of Nesting? This, yeah, it's nesting, So period. part of this was written off as, like, her love of, like, nah, butchery, this right? this is wild. But she had decorated She's nesting. Okay. Usually you want to make it, like, baby safe and cute and, you know... You not always. Not, not always. Not with her. This is, this is not how I'm, how I'm wired either. <laughs> but I'm also not wired like this. Uh, but she decorated with horns and animal skulls, old rusty... Tools, leather jackets, machetes, pitchforks, like like everything was covered. Wall to wall, ceiling to floor was covered. You know, it was just a whole mess. 
And so, escalating even further, because why? where else can this go? And it okay. goes up even higher after this. Right. But they get into an argument, and then Catherine proceeds to hit David Saunders in the face with an iron, mm-hmm. and then stabs him in the abdomen with a pair of scissors. Yep. This is how she responds. First of all, how is she not in jail already? Correct. I googled. I was like, what happened? Were the police called? Obviously. Um, but, you know, it's it's so ridiculous. So he leaves, moves out, gets medical attention. As we all know, that's what happens. Right. But he comes back to get his things. Turns out she had torn up all his clothes, destroyed his belongings. Her MO. Exactly. So now <laughs> Saunders, who he was a minor, which I don't think we mentioned earlier. That no. was his thing. He was a, he was a minor down down in stone and so he took a leave from work and literally went into, hiding. went into hiding because this woman was out of her mind and she went looking for him mm-hmm. she went looking for him and so once he popped up again to see his daughter and to get reconnected um she had gone to police and told him and told them that oh you know i am terrified of this man he's capable of so many things um, and especially at a time, especially when you think about the 1980s, 1990s, all across the world, domestic violence was becoming something right. very, uh, uh, was really uh, highlighted at least. Mm-hmm. And so this is something they took seriously. Stalking became a major crime around then. And so the police believed her as a, as a quote unquote battered woman and put out a restraining order against her. Right. So this is like very reminiscent of people who have borderline personality disorder. They're good for this. They're good for, like, flipping a story. So she was the one who was violent against him. Right. Whose phone was that? That was mine. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> that like, was the like husband. It's not on silent. <laughs> Anyways. I would never. So this is really reminiscent of somebody who has borderline personality disorder, the ability to flip a story, um, like, in the, in the count of a dime. So imagine he was the one going through so much violence. He went into hiding. Because was she was terrified, was of, terrified of her. When he tried to get a hold of her and mostly to reach the child, he has an order of protection out against him. Like, like imagine that, that kind of twisting of a story. So, like, now he can't even see his daughter after going through this violence. So, I, I really had feelings about this. I was like, oh, that's trash. <laughs> I mean, everything she does is trash, but... Facts. Um... So she met another guy. They never got married, um, but she had another chance. Thanks for that. She met another guy, and she <laughs> she she had married this one yeah, in nineteen ninety. John Chillingworth. John what a Chillingworth, name! Yes. What a man! What a man! He was another coworker of hers, and she became pregnant with his child. Yes, um, and she had their son, Eric. Bum, yes, bum, bum. their relationship lasted three years, but she left him for another man. Yeah, there weren't any problems. This is the first relationship that's reported of Catherine Knight, yeah, where was... she wasn't violent. There was no sexual, no sexual violence either. Uh, no reported arguments, combativeness, nothing like that. The only thing was that she probably, I feel like she wasn't satisfied with the fact that things were out of control and things were constantly chaotic. Stuff you see with some mental health disorders, like they can't function in normal. If it's too boring for them, it's something you see sometimes with people, again, with borderline personality disorder where they can't function in that normality. If it's things are normal to them, they find a way to destroy it. And cheating is one of them. But, but I, I know also, somebody who personally did that. Yeah, no, 100%. With a diagnosis. Uh, and also, uh, 
let's just throw it out there because I think it's something that has to be noted. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Like people who, when things are way too, too calm and yep. way too quiet, just know, like it seems off. Like yeah. when you hear about the people who come home from war mm-hmm. and they come home to a very like quiet, kind of like chill life. It's like something they're either looking for something to go wrong or expecting something to go wrong. That's another disorder. That's true. I I dated a guy with that exact same story. mm. He was a war vet and like things are great and there was always something to argue about. There's always always something. So sometimes, (laughs) but you'll find yourself preparing for something to go wrong. Yeah. yeah. And at sometimes, if it's mixed with some with other things, you'll create the problems that make things go wrong. So that way, you can exist in that chaotic space. And it's very unfortunate because they're you know lovely people, but the trauma is too much. Yeah. So as someone who has managed, because I don't think I'm over it. I don't think you ever really truly get over Mm -hmm. PTSD. But as someone who's managed it, it's one of those things where if everything is good and smooth, I will purposely self-sabotage myself for things to blow up so I can have something to be anxious about or upset about because that's the space I'm used to Mm -hmm. navigating. Mm -hmm. And so it's terrible, Mm -hmm. right? It is terrible. (laughs) But but it's factual. So I think this is... What Catherine was doing, and she created the stress and the tension in the relationship and the secrecy, because she met the man that we would all <laughs> be the reason why we know who she is. Right. At any point, she would meet John Price. Yes. Do you want to take it, sir? Yeah. So she was. This is where the murder comes in. He could take it. <laughs> Jeez. But the point was that she had been cheating on John Chillingworth for the entire, for most of the three the years, relationship. with John Price, and. And this is the one that had, I guess, would you say, kind of like took her to that point where she was really, she was in and like out of control. So the beginning of the relationship, like most of hers, except for her first marriage to Colette, started pretty smooth. Um, There's no, there's no issues, no problems. And he's known to be actually a great guy. Yeah, everyone said he was an awesome, awesome dude. Guy. Right. And no one had anything bad to say about it. He had two older children already yep. that were already living with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked as a minor as well, just like her, her former, uh, her former, her former, former, I can't talk, former, former. boy thing that went hiding from her. Uh, made some decent money. And because of that, she seemed happy, right? right? She seemed like, I've got a decent life. I have access to things I want. I can buy whatever I want. But she said, I want to get married. And John Price, said no mm-hmm. like i think that john price a little bit of an older man at that point you know what i'm saying right. like look, get aging i already had two kids done this already was it in a rush no was not in a rush to hurry up and jump back into the marriage bed again and so this is when she would retaliate against him this so is what'd you say this is wild her retaliation right. so john what knew all about Knew all about Catherine's past. It wasn't a secret. Nope. Um, and that's and that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't want to marry her. But right. well, I also would. Be, it makes me kind of wary of him because he had two kids in there, but they're older. But still. But still. Um, but his kids really liked her, and so once they got into the fight over his refusal to marry her, uh, she decided that she was going to videotape things he had stolen from work. We've all taken post-it notes and stuff from that. I mean, not me. Personally, I never, I never want anything from work because they got real cheap stuff. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm bougie. I need gel pens. But <laughs> <laughs> I buy my own supplies, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm one of those. But John Price had taken things from work, as a lot of people end up doing. If you work in an office space, you see a lot of people have pens that yeah. are from work or like staplers. I guess you need. That. I've never needed a stapler at my house, but me neither. Yeah. <laughs> but and they sell them take, at the Dollar Tree. You right. guys, relax. I don't know why it is, but. 
She decided to videotape these in 1998. This is when all this is going down. Mm-hmm. Um, they stole them from her and sent the tape to his boss. And obviously there were there were some other things. So there were like medical kits that were out of date. He had taken from like the, the trash and things mm-hmm. like that. John still ended up being fired. He had worked there for 17, 17 years. years. So that same day, he said, you got to go. Can you imagine like... He's helping you pay the bills. Like, who are you hurting? <laughs> like, who are you? Like, are you stupid? <laughs> but she doesn't care. Like, that's the thing is that she doesn't, she, like, she doesn't wild. grasp the fact that she's harming herself in this. All that mattered was the fact that she's doing damage to him. Right. Right. Like, she's okay with being collateral damage. Right. Because she, she, I'm sure she thinks that after this, she's going on to something else. Like, she's, she's had no problems meeting men. Which is, yeah. Because, you know, she put it out there. You know, mm-hmm. she put it out. I don't know about her looks, but. Hey, everyone's. Everyone has. I'm look. listen. I'm entitled to make fun of this woman. She's trash. Do what you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so he kicks her out, and she went back to her own place. Um, and now everyone in town is talking about her. Everyone is running in the bars, in the in the coffee shops. I'm mm-hmm. I'm assuming down at the church house, wherever all the gossip happens. Everyone <laughs> is talking about Catherine Knight. But it wasn't that long before John Price reconciles. With Catherine Knight, you know, how often do y'all who are listening have gone back to your ex? I'll wait. Again, you know, <laughs> like, it's it's common. It's common, especially with abuse. I don't know. With the, he wasn't, didn't say he wasn't they, technically yeah, abused, he wasn't yeah. technically abused, but you see this um, often. Right. You know. Coming back to your abuse. With Catherine. Who's going to, who's going to. I've seen gonna... it a lot with people who are diagnosed with borderline too. And she gets this diagnosis at one point, um, Catherine. Right. But yeah, I see this a lot with people who are borderline. They're able to sweet talk their way into having their significant other come back multiple times. So. Right. And so they, they got back together, but this time he was adamant that they lived separately, yeah. which is not what she was into. Is not what she wanted. She wanted Kodal, Kodal. She wanted total access. You want to marry control. me, but you just made me lose my job. Where's this money coming from? Exactly. Like, relax. So there's all these things that are going down. Right. And so even this, they get back together and nothing gets better. No. They con- they're constantly arguing, constantly fighting. Things are being broken. John's friends refuse to come yeah, around because friends. it's way too much. It's way yeah. too volatile of a situation for them to even enjoy a dinner with them Mm-mm. because Catherine is that incensed all yeah. the time. Get out. Like, that's what, that is my advice to everybody. If you find yourself, get your friends out of these situations. Like, it's, it's, you know what, though? You, these situations are so difficult. Relationships are so difficult. People have blinders on all the time to what they're going through. It's really hard. Like, as a friend who's just been like, are you going to leave your man let? Are you going to leave? Like, it's hard to watch as a friend. I, I sympathize with his friends because I know that feeling of like, you deserve so much more. And especially when they talked about him being so much better, like right. such a good guy. But it's very hard when people are in relationship for them to just leave. Not not for Chardonnay. No, it is. No, <laughs> not for me. Not for Chardonnay, but most people. It's always a... Chardonnay, mm, <laughs> what? I'm leaving. This isn't working out. What? You didn't flush the toilet after you use the bathroom? I'm gone. You only chew three times before you swallow? <laughs> This isn't God's plan for my life. I've got to go. <laughs> no, it's very easy for me to go. I, but the, you know what it is? It's because I seek that that chaos, that tumultuous like mm-hmm. nature. So it's so much easier for me to operate in something where like, but please don't. I'm like, no, can't do it. Like, I'd rather be there <laughs> than being like, so yeah. what do you want to eat tonight? I'm like, what do I want to eat? Isn't that boring? I want 
people can't. Let's let's get him tying up Ben and Jerry's. You know what's wild? My husband's like, I hope I'm not too boring for you. And I know he came from You guys chaos. are both boring. Yeah, we're both boring. And I love it. And it's fine. Like, I don't like boring people. I'm okay. All, right. <laughs> All of you guys. At this age, good. I can't be chasing no one. Or waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers. So, things are about to get heated. Come, right. Like, again... Because why else? We, we're not done. It's got to no. escalate. Somewhere. So, February 29th. It was a leap year, 2000. No, 2000. You looked this up? No, it's the 29th of February. That's the only time that there's 29 days in February. Oh. Oh. Yeah, see? It's year 2000. Oh, look at you. Dude. Every four years. Look anyway. At, look at you. Just to keep the keep the fake time. And time is a, is a social construct. No, there's no such thing as real time. <laughs> like, I have no idea. February 29th. Yes, for every 29th, time is a construct. Don't let people run you, run you with it. Um, he stopped at the courthouse on his way to work, and he took out a restraining order uh, to keep her away from him and his family. Which was the right thing to do. And what is really screwed up is that he had, he had gone around half-jokingly but half-seriously saying, if anything happens to me, if I don't come to work one day, if I don't show up, if you don't see my car leave the driveway, anything like that, home chick has probably killed me. Right, correct. Another right thing to do. And his coworkers, who have heard the horror stories about Catherine for months, were like, "If you're that unsafe, if you feel that unsafe, do not go to your house. Do not go that. Don't do that. Because I guess he again, he had told them about how he, you know, I think she hurt my children. She, right. I've heard the story about how she slit a dog's throat. Like all right. these things that he's known about. And so now he's finally like, "Look, I got to do something." But these are steps. Right. So he comes home and finds out that Catherine had sent the kids uh, to sleep over at a friend's house. She wasn't there, but she had, he had found out that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he left the house and went to a neighbor's house, had dinner, and came back and went to bed a little before midnight. Yeah. But Catherine, I'm not saying she had planned anything. I don't think that... Um, She's so compulsive, I don't think she right. really planned it. Anyway. But, so, she had purchased new sexy bedroom wear, you know, Black for your prairie closet. Um, and she had videotaped some things, um, having the children make comments about things. Things that are very, like, finite, right? Things that would make you believe that somebody was thinking about ending either their own lives or doing something that's going to stop them from, like, their feelings of foreshortened future, yeah. right? So, things that caught would cause alarm. And so what happens is that Catherine comes to Dave, oh, David's. Oh, what's his name? John. There you go. Thank you. He she comes over to John's house while he's sleeping. In turns on the TV, sits down to watch something, takes a shower, wakes John up to have sex mm-hmm. until you know things end, and he rolls over and goes to sleep right. as men do. It wasn't until he's gone to sleep that Catherine decides. To grab one of those sharp pointy things that she likes so much. And she descends on John and stabs him with a butcher's knife while he's asleep. And so what's believed to have happened was that he had tried to turn on the light based on the blood that was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, before trying to escape. But she chased him throughout the house, again, by blood evidence. Things yeah. like ladder and things like that. He had gotten to to the front door, and either he and he got outside, so either he fell backwards mm-hmm. um, because of loss of blood, or he was dragged, dragged back in the house, judging by the blood again, the blood smears on the front porch. 
Uh, I'm sorry, we call those foyers, right? Yeah. Those things right inside of a door. The little hall. Yeah, those little things. <laughs> and that is where he finally died from bleeding out. Sanguation. Mm-hmm. That is the word I think that that means. But after this is where this all gets super, super messy. Whew. All right. So I mean, let's just say she withdraws $1,000 from Price's account. Yeah, so she goes to the ATM and ends up stealing from the man oh, as well. Man, because yeah. when they're not sharing finances, they're not sharing money or space. So she is robbing him post-mortem. But what she does to defile... Wait, 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 pause. This is a... I'm going to give you guys a warning right here. It's just going to get gross. This is to just... defile John's body is what throws it all off. So, hmm. I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm, I got this. I do not. So, John was stabbed a minimum of 37 times. Minimum, you guys. A minimum of 37 times, according to a coroner's report. 37 times by Catherine. Deeply too. Right. Then she proceeded to skin him and hung the skin on a meat hook, hanging a door, hanging above a door in the den. Mm-hmm. She then proceeded to cut off his head and started to cook his body parts. Mm-hmm. So she had she was serving it. She was cooking side dishes, <laughs> like. But this is what this is why like, there's. We say she's so compulsive, but this is like, is this, this is organized thought here. So she cooked uh, one piece of meat up with a baked potato, zucchinis, cabbage, squash, gravy in two settings. She set two settings at the dinner table. Who was eating with her? <laughs> don't look at me like that. You don't. You don't know. <laughs> don't you don't know the look I just gave you. But it's like <laughs> exactly. But she had put a note on, by each plate. For each of John's older children that he had. Mm-hmm. Which makes everyone believe that she was preparing to serve this food to his kids. Yes. When they got back from this sleepover. Now, mind you, they would have came home and seen the blood everywhere. I'm sure would have been freaked out. But that was her goal, was to feed this man. To his children. To his children. What was found in the back lawn was a third meal. And either she had tried to eat it, possibly, didn't like the taste of it, was angry. But by police, John's head was found in a pot with vegetables. Pot was still warm when the police arrived. Like, it was between, okay, so, it's between 40 and 50 Celsius. That's 104 and 122 Fahrenheit. Awesome. Thank you. See, this is why I keep you around. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that you can do all this stuff for me. Thanks. So, so it's still hot. It's still very hot. So clearly, she left. She left the pot on the stove, left it boiling for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, she had arranged the body with his left arm draped over a soda bottle with the legs crossed. And so clearly, the when we see this all the time when it comes to like Jack the Ripper and all these things, people who arrange the body post mortem. Um, either shows that what they thought of the person in death mm-hmm. or in life or things like that. Like we talked about, who's the kid? I can't remember all the cases we've done. There's a kid who um, uh, killed his parents and went back to school. But like, like we bashed his father's head in with the axe. Like 
clearly yeah. like those things show like there is something more there's a more mm-hmm. intimate relationship typically when someone does that much damage to someone's face right. so clearly her organizing uh the body the way would show that uh that she had a disdain for him yo like i just got lightheaded like a second ago and that was the first time doing a case i got lightheaded like because i'm just like i feel sick like this is the first time yeah. legit lightheaded i was like i had to sit back you guys so Whew. Yeah, so I mean, she literally cooked this this man's body parts. Was gonna serve it to his kids. Mm-hmm. Left a note that accused John of raping her daughter, um, and it's it's just it's like things just escalated to a point where I I just truly believe that like it, I don't even know how to explain it to be honest. Part of it is that I'm rusty, the other, <laughs> like recording and being having to think on my feet again. But the other side is that. I've never, I've never, I mean, in my time of loving true crime, like, I've never read an escalation that wasn't intervened like this, you know, mm-hmm. that was recent. Like, this happened in yeah, the year 2000. 2000. This wasn't 1965 mm-hmm. where people could hide things because the internet didn't exist and cell phones didn't. Like, this is clearly people, like, saving files. She's going to psychiatric hospitals. Police are being called. Restraining orders are taken out. Things like that. This is what drew me to the case because I'm just like, this is not, like, 19, like, 20. This is like, I was in high school, like, like I was a grown person, and this is happening. So, to me, it was wild. It it was, it's out of control, Mm -hmm. and so it's so weird. So, the next day, 6 a.m., March 1st of 2000, when John didn't show up to work, his boss sent somebody out to do a welfare check. Right. And everyone, the neighbor was like, yeah, I noticed his car is still in the driveway. Mm -hmm. And so, they're knocking on the door. And then they also knock on the bedroom window. Maybe he's still asleep. Maybe he just overslept. Uh, but once they go to knock on the front door, they realize all the blood mm-hmm. that's all over the door. And that's when they call the police who arrive. And it took about two hours for this whole process to happen. Um, they broke down the back door. And that's where they found uh, John, John's body. And then they found Catherine, who has apparently passed out from ODing on pills. Didn't work. I mean, initially she tried to say that John was, you know, messing with his her children. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to accuse him of all types of awful things of why she did this. But, but I don't even think she was like trying to. I wouldn't say she was even trying to justify it. Like it was like. You think she actually believed it? But that's the thing is, I I, I think that she. I think part of her did. Yeah. Um. Like, obviously, they they did their own investigation because you have to uh, turn over every stone when it comes to, like murder cases, especially mm-hmm. since they the police had the whole um like machine order put out, taken out against right, another man right. she was with. So things like that have to be investigated and thoroughly so that people can know like maybe this wasn't retaliation. But usually, especially if, if someone's an abuser, we know that sometimes when people kill their abuser, they can, there can be an overreaction. But that's different from skinning them and cooking them and setting placemats at the dinner table. Right. So I it mean, is intense. So her initial offer to all this, of, of obviously... Yeah, the, they, everyone gets a plea deal, quote she, unquote. Her deal was manslaughter, guilty to manslaughter. That was rejected. Um, then she was charged with the murder just of Price, and she pled not guilty, but... Something happened with the court dates. Her counsel was ill, and they changed it. Um, 
Oh, set to like the 15th of October of 2001. Yes. You know what's so weird about that day? And I won't say it on the, oh, never mind, it doesn't matter. But that's actually an important day for me in my oh. life. Oh. It's so weird. Well. That's so weird. Yeah, that's odd. She ended up, you know, when court readjourned and she went to trials, she ended up changing her plea to guilty and the jury was dismissed. So there wasn't, you know, this like right before trial when they have the jury come in and they're figuring everything out. Yeah. So, um, and they were trying so hard to find jurors, right. but with all like, it's, it's difficult. One, also the other side is that everyone knew Catherine Knight too. That's right. the thing. Like people were talking about her and sometimes... Uh, I don't know how to explain it when it comes... Because I, I, I don't know legalese all that well anymore. Um, but sometimes there are factors that go into like jury selection that you don't think about outside of just knowing them. Sometimes the case can just be too much. And if you can't think... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Critically. There we go. About fa- like facts of the case, you can be dismissed as well. But also, like you said, like right before uh, the trial was supposed to start, the night before, she changed her plea suddenly to guilty. And removed any reason for a jury anyway. So she was found to have um, borderline personality disorder after psychological assessments were done, but it doesn't explain her behaviors and her actions because, you know, again, we all know probably people who have borderline personality disorder and it doesn't get to the extreme of, you know, cooking. And, you know, that's where we go back and look at the trauma in her life. Right. And say maybe, but still, this is extreme. Um, so even though she pled guilty, which was a while to me, um, she still doesn't admit that she did it. She right. doesn't take responsibility at all. But she pled guilty, and then she ended up having life with prison without parole. And she was the first woman, actually. Yeah. In Australia to get that. Which is still wild to me because Australia has a lot going on, I feel. Oh, it's also Australia. So like, you got to do what you got to do. And if there's anybody listening from Australia, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get the message. I feel like you guys are way too hard on Australia. We actually have... You know we're going to get it. We actually have the Hemsworths. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> you also gave us Ben Simmons. Shout out to 76ers. He's a... Oh. Sports, in the, in the NBA. Um, but no, so yeah, you're right. And so I think it, it was she very clearly, I didn't want to like comment on it too much, but she very clearly suffered from borderline personality disorder. And people with borderline personality disorder, they're those, especially in their relationships with other people, they mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to measure extremes well enough, right? Yeah. And so they either feel super intense feelings of hurtfulness based on your actions or like super incredible feelings of mm-hmm. like almost euphoric feelings mm-hmm. of like gratitude and appreciation for you. Yeah. And so, so it's it's really difficult yeah. for you to do that. And anybody and anybody who has a like a I think John Chillingworth might have been this person for her, but everyone, you know, everyone has like their favorite person. Like mm-hmm. I know, like for me, like in my brother's case, it's me. Like mm-hmm. anything happens to me, he yeah lose it. But like, but I'm the I'm the safety, you right. know. And so I think for her, she had found that in John Chingworth. Maybe like I hate to say this, but maybe he was just like her brand of wild, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe he right. somehow maybe was like ebbed and flowed with her, and that's how they right. made it work. No, can't really find much about John Chingworth, right? But it. It was a thing. I mean, and, she still sabotaged it, though. Right. Still yeah. broke it up. But she didn't, not once did she murder or tr- attempt to kill or harm him. Right. So it's, there's something about John Chillingworth that, that fit for her. Right. But it wasn't 
it was good for her, but not good to her in a way. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's so weird to do that after like a month. Yeah. Um, and now it's my turn to pick. Yeah. I actually got a book for my birthday, like Evil Women. Oh. Um, and I was like, I'll just open that up and like find a case I'd never heard of before. Yeah. I wanted to lean into the women too. Um, this is tiring. There, there are some fascinating women that have done yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, some of them are. And, super fascinating. Yeah, and women are a little bit different when it comes to criminal behavior. So this is tis very tis true. Yeah, it's a lot of relational hey, stuff. Tis true. <laughs> tis very true. So where can they find you on the social media? Don't don't do that. Don't, you don't always push me you for. always do. I was like I wasn't ready. Oh my god. I feel like there's things I had to say. Like, um, I'm wait. No, I had an awesome I had an awesome conversation and experience with a listener whose name I'm going to pull up. Hold on. Yeah. Oh. We never add things in the ending. I mean, you guys deserve because we haven't been here for a month. <laughs> Definitely do. And I cannot, why can't I remember her first name? Ah, uh, this is going to frustrate me. But you know who you are when you listen to this. No, we had an awesome conversation about about just dealing with a lot and struggling. And I, I made I made a comment of like being too proud to like ask for help. And I was like, you just ask D. Yeah. Like I, I I'd, rather, all the time. I'd rather suffer and be overwhelmed than we had this very discussion down in Orlando with Lola. Yeah. I was like, I wish he would lean on me more because I know he needs more help. I don't need you 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 know anything. assistance is always <laughs> I you know I told myself I was like that too and I was just telling Cody about that. I was like I learned to like ask for help after I realized I really didn't come into this world alone, and I'm not gonna make it out alone if I don't ask for help. That's simply what I told. Well, myself. I came into the world by myself. You know, I'm um, gonna leave somebody pushed myself. you out. Somebody pushed you out. I, I'm and sure somebody I got will probably out by be myself. And somebody <laughs> that's not how that works. I would, no, I'm pretty sure that nobody was in the womb with me. I came out into this world yeah, by myself. Yeah, but somebody was pushing you. It's there not was my an fault. assist. My parents had sex nine months prior. To there that. was an assist. Somebody was, was pushing you, and then somebody will probably be yeah, at no your bedside. Someone pushed me out. Someone would have cut me out. Somebody will probably be at your bedside at the end. So. Who said I'm dying in a bed? We hope. Well, I how hope do you not. want? Why do you want it to want? You need your end to be that dramatic? Look. <laughs> I'd be so mad if that's how I, I'm 78 Why? years old. <laughs> Guys, come close. <laughs> no, what the hell I look like going out Why like that? Why do you need to? It needs to be like some, you know, Morgan Freeman, Bruce Willis, Red, Helen Mirrens. Have you ever seen that movie? Where like I go out like that. I'm a secret agent and stuff. And I get killed on a mission at 80 years old. I feel I'm not like about I to... need to just tell you where, where they could find you at this point. Because you're ridiculous. No, but shout out to people. Secret shout agent. out to helping people is what I'm saying. Shout out to looking out for people and making sure they're good. Right. Because sometimes people are. And they do a good job of hiding from social media. Yeah. And thanks to the ones that understood too um, that we needed the time. I think we had a lot of people reach out in general, Instagram. I was checking all the messages. Yeah. People were, but also people, the also shout out to the people who were like, um, yeah, where, where, because we all episode? feel, well, of course we feel appreciated. Like you guys obviously missed us. Someone was like, did you quit? And I was like, <laughs> No, no, nigga. I, listen, I was asking the same question. I'm dramatic. I was like, did he quit? Like, did he, is he not telling me? <laughs> no, I'm dramatic. If I was going to quit, it has to be in dramatic fashion. It has to be a long 20-minute episode. But yeah, so that's it. So thank you guys for listening, for understanding and listening, but also listening. Yeah. Um, I miss you guys I as have well. some free time. I also was like super depressed and like I lost a friend a week ago. Yeah. And so thank you all for all your kind words for that. That was right. really awesome and really nice too. I appreciate that as a um, friend. Because I was going to try to power through that 
that weird Saturday and be like, let's just record. It's fine. But it wasn't until like a couple hours later that it really hit me that I was like, no, right. I'm really sad about this. Like, right. I need to be home alone. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a party and was like, I need to go home. This is not fun. You tried? I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because I talked in. And then things went, then things started popping off at the party. People were tripping. And I was like, let me go before I get arrested. I was like, this is <laughs> That's too how much. I thought of Jadena's concert. New Haven will always be wild well, for no reason. Toad's place, you got to be careful. Oh my God. Every time, there's three fights I almost broke out. That's that funny night. because you can look, you look across the street, it's Yale University. Yeah. <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> I don't know why y'all think you're so hard. I was like, waist trainers need to come off. People are mad. <laughs> People can't breathe. That's why. That's what it is. Anyway, if you guys want to find me on social media, I have been absent from Twitter for most, not absent, but just not as active on social media for That's a little right. bit. Um, but find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, at LB. Uh, where can people find you? Because I know your name has changed. <laughs> You're so dramatic. It's staying the way it is because I can't do anything about it. But you can you find me at... get married again. <laughs> well, that. <laughs> D underscore trip underscore. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, posting cute things with my stepdaughter and my husband and not mm. doing much of anything at all. Hey, say that because look, that's <laughs> what happens in relationships. They bring you down and make you boring. <laughs> I'm okay with boring. But I'm exciting and exhausted. I'm too, so <laughs> I'm too volatile to have excitement in my life because I fight for real. So Lord. I had this discussion with Lola too. I like calm because I need yeah, to be. You know what, Lola? First of all, stop hanging out with Dee. The next time I she's in Orlando her. and I she does so much fun with Ty and Lola. Like the you, next honestly, time, we have such a like wild. I said the next time that she's in Orlando and I'm not there, don't hang out with her. There's no reason to. But ooh, what I w- what I did want to do is before it gets super cold. I know this is probably and you guys probably already clicked off because you heard the social media stuff. But those who have not, it's a blessing. So <laughs> what I do want to do next month before Thanksgiving is have some kind of listener meetup in New York because I know a lot of you live in that area. So if you are in that area, I want to say November fourteenth or the twenty second. Is another Saturday or Friday weekend. Like that weekend, that Saturday, I want to try to do that. I don't know what D's schedule looks like, but she'll make time because she has nothing. I have nothing. So bring the baby (laughs) to the bar. But I want to do like, I think it would be fun. I think it'd be fun to get out there and do something um, because we've been talking about it. I've always wanted to meet Kat so much and I was supposed to go to her birthday party and I didn't go. But I feel like that was almost a year ago, so it might be coming up again. It might be November. Yeah. Hey, Kat, um, if it's your birthday, we'll come this time. I mean, Chardell is um, a busy one. I have nothing. Also, Silas, like, Silas, yeah, Silas, man. Ago. Silas, like, if you still want to if you still wanna do, like, a New Haven drinking party thing, I'm down Let's for it. Let's not go to Toadsville because they No, wild. I'm thinking more like Geronimo. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they Bar. They wild at Toads. I was like, wow, I'm too well, old Toads for this. is a concert venue, so we won't be there. But you know what I mean. Yeah, that's it. Find us there. Find us on, find the podcast on Instagram. Uh, and Twitter at what did you do pod face, find us on Facebook on search it join the crew so many people just jump into the crew I love and the I'm crew. gonna you know what I'm gonna do tonight I'm gonna say, I'm like low key look so it's so funny like I used to be more active on the crew maybe when there was less people but there's so many people now I'm like oh there's a lot of things going no, I'm on I'm just here. gonna ask but I'm to, all reading. the new people to introduce themselves yeah um, just because I don't know who they are like I we approve them and then yeah. it's like okay bye like, <laughs> so listen to that but it's we will be big. back in two weeks yes um yeah so about the same time that we want to do this thing yeah um, we'll be back in two weeks with something that will make you cringe so awesome. until then happy halloweeny um or hallow jesus whatever you guys celebrate <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> i'm out yo bye <laughs>